Thanks for checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. So tonight I want to talk to you about imagination. Imagination. Pastor Marcy by the Spirit last night started to get into this a little bit. And, you know, one of the greatest challenges that the church staff has and our worship team has, because Pastor Darrell taught me this, he said, listen, as a pastor, you're going to know what typically the flow of the service. And the training is with your staff and especially with your worship leader is that when they get in the spirit, they'll get in the vein that you're ultimately going to bring things to. And what happens is, it, what could happen is that, say, I knew that I was going to lay hands on people for healing. Well, it could be easy for Pastor Marcus in, in worshiping to start sensing that people are going to be healed. So he has to, while singing, determine, is it me that does that? Or is that something that ultimately pastor and this whole service is building so that he is going to release that? Because you can get over into something that is for someone else to deliver because God is just setting you up so that you can receive or getting everyone prepared, so to speak. You know, I've had conversations with multiple people within our congregation that said, you know, the Lord was talking to me about that subject. Well, why was he doing that? So that when I began to minister it, God was setting you up so that you would receive it easier because you were already there. I remember one time uh, Apostle Darlin uh, Turner came here with the Global Leadership Conference. We hosted it one year and I was in the Bible on concubines. I'm like, what's the deal with the concubines, man? I mean, what's up with the concubines? I've never really took time to study the concubines, okay? And you know, these kings had a lot of concubines. I mean, the name just sounds horrible, right, at the end of the day. So with that being said, she ministered a word called concubine wives and queens. Oh, it was powerful. So God was already kind of talking, and then he allowed her to just rip things out so that it just set me on a path. And I was like, wow, here I was in this kind of vein and God used her to deliver something. Amen. And so, you know, a lot of times, again, in service, you'll start to pick things up that is happening and you have to begin to ask that question. Do I continue to go? Now, Pastor Marshall was dead on last night because what needed to take place with people stepping over into committing to the new season. And the reason why a lot of us won't go into the next phase or season or step of faith with God is because we lose the capacity to imagine. We become too sight driven. Now, I realized, you know, when this kind of hit me, I thought, well, no wonder. God built me. Because when I grew up, guys, I had imaginary friends. Not because I didn't have a sister. I had an older sister, and my older sister, I mean, she played with me. I mean, she did school with me. Obviously, I did the dolls because she was a girl, and so obviously we had that kind of interaction. But then I had my boy stuff too, and I could, by myself, entertain myself. But I had four imaginary friends, four of them. It was just part of my, I didn't have to see them, but they existed when I played. Are you hear, hear me? I'll say the names. Marcy want me to let y'all know the names. and They're crazy names. I cannot tell you why their names are this at all. It makes no sense. But hey, I was a little kid. So the four names of my <laughs> imaginary friends, don't try to picture what they look like based upon their names. Hanka, Jonka, Lipstick, and Cooler. That was their names. Hanka, Jonka, Lipstick, and Cooler. That was their names. Okay? And so I would tell my mom, you can't sit there. We were what? Can't sit? Why? Because my imaginary friend was there. 
You know what God wants us to imagine? He actually gave us an imagination. The question is, are you allowing your imagination to go into the realm of God and the spirit, or are you imagining things that are against God? Are you hearing me? So let's launch out with this scripture in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, and it says this. Now to him who was able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generation forever and ever. Amen. Are you hearing me? So now to him who is able, is he able? I said, is he able? And what is he able to do? He's able to do. Our God is able to do. We should never take a thought that God's not able to do. Not able to do. He's able to do, but not only is he able to do, he's able to do far more. <coughs> far more. I mean, these are these adjectives. Are we talking adjectives right now, um, Rod? Are we saying far more abundantly? Are we considering these adjectives? Let him think about it. An adverb that mixed in. Okay. We're describing something. It is far more. I mean, not just far, but it's far more. And then abundantly, I like more's not enough to know. It's not just more, it's abundantly more. Beyond. I mean, these are four words right in a row far more abundantly beyond. Far more abundantly beyond all that we ask, which means we're asking something and, and basically the Lord's like, you're four times off. You're four times off. I mean, what you just asked me, I can times that by four. Beyond what we asked, which means we actually asked it. We, we conceived it enough that we asked God. But then, or think. Now, there's things we're thinking that we don't even dare ask. Because it seems so outrageous. And the reason why it seems outrageous is because when we think, when that thought comes and we compare it to our ability, we're like, no way. And you're right. If you were left alone to do it yourself, <coughs> no way. But even then, there is context that someone outside of God can imagine in a way and still get a result. As God said concerning the Tower of Babel, he said there's nothing that they set their mind to that they cannot accomplish. The problem is what they've set their mind to is against my ultimate plan. And you know what? Now there's resistance and I'm going against the rebellion. Are you hearing me? So with that being said, he says, now he is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. But how is it that it's happening? According to the power that works within us. So again, you don't get him to do. You don't get his ability to do far more abundantly beyond what you can think or ask without the power that works within you. So God's not doing far more abundantly beyond in your life unless there's something within you working. Now, this power that works within us it's connected to verse 21, to him be the glory in the church, which means what God's conceiving and this thing that you could be, you could, that God is able to do far more abundantly beyond what you could ask or think, which means what he's imagining is way bigger than what you're imagining right now. And he can work it with what is working in you, but it's going to glorify the church. It's not here for personal glorification, nor is it for you to be able to say, look how God blessed me, and yet that blessing has no connection 
to the church that he set you in and made you a part of. Are you hearing me? Now, let's look at this in the Amplified Classic, verse 20. It says, now to him who, by in, in, in uh, consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, indefinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. But again, now to him who by, in consequence of, so as the new uh, American standard said here, the Amplified, the connection of his ability to do that is mind-blowing to us is connected to a power working in us. Now, if we want to know what this is, you have to back up a few verses because Paul is talking to them about their faith. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's talking to them about, so the, what's working in you is faith working in you you receive something from him. It's his work because he gave you the directive. Believe me. And as big as that is, it's settled. But most of us, and I was saying this at morning prayer this morning at 6 a.m., is that more people love their definition of God than God's definition of God. And because... Most love their definition of God more than his definition of God. They won't imagine. Because here's the thing. Hanka, Jonka, lipstick and cooler. When I say that to you, you're like, bro, you're crazy. And when you start talking invisible stuff, right, you're crazy. You know, if I just started talking to them, you're crazy, right? That's crazy. No one's there. Now, we're going to find out next year, there are some things in the unseen that are there and people are talking to them and they exist. And they're not imaginary friends. They are spirits that are conversing and they're having an open dialogue. I saw a guy today when I left the gym, he was having an open dialogue with what he was hearing in his head. An open dialogue. Amen. So with that being said, let's look at this. Verse 20 out of the Passion Translation. This is really good. The Passion Translation said, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. Because again, if a man is going to receive from God, he has to do it without doubting. You can't doubt. No doubting. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, let me just put this in perspective. You can't tell God what you're believing for. <laughs> There's plenty of believers that will pull scripture and tell him, this is what I'm believing for. But they've not asked him, how do I apply what you're saying from your word so that I can believe you for it? Because God knows the whole situation and knows what you need to believe in order for it to turn out the way his will is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you can actually take a no-doubt position using context of Scripture that God hasn't technically talked to you about. Because, again, the Bible is not for intellectuals. It's not there for the sake of academia. It's there so that he can speak to you. It, his word's alive. And when you get in situations, even though you know where there are scriptures you can go to, all in all, you have to say, of these scriptures, what are you having me stand on? What are you speaking to me so that I can stand? But again, most of the time, those particular layers of faith <coughs> are basically trying to get out of trouble. And I'm not even talking about getting out of trouble, because when you're imagining, you're not in trouble. And imagination is not, it, it's it's carefree to any obstacle, right? It can be carefree. In, in fact, what could stop you from imagining, let's say case in point, that you 
are going to be given a yacht so that you can travel around to small islands and preach the gospel. The only thing that stops that is, well, I can't afford that. Or who would give that? And how much would that cost? I mean, we start and we take, we take our imagination out. I mean, I can imagine myself on the front of it. I can imagine. Most people can't imagine themselves having a substantial amount of wealth to be able to uh, help significantly when finances are needed. They can't imagine that at all. They can't imagine starting their own business. They can't imagine going bigger and franchising. They can't imagine that they could start um, a 501c3 to help in a very specific need. And I'm not saying these things are disconnected from your church because you need to be connected to church. I'm just saying that then all of a sudden it grows in such a way that that particular niche is able to help people globally. But most won't imagine it because at the end of the day, we short circuit ourselves through the scene realm. But he says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve indefinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for, he, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now we offer up. To God, all the glorious praise that raises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will be uh, manifest through time and eternity. The church has so much work to do now that we must begin to imagine ourselves a church without spot or wrinkle. That we imagine ourselves as being in complete unity that we imagine ourselves walking in love, walking in forgiveness, that we can imagine that we can have a, not, not, oh, well, you know, church is going to have problems and, you know, people are going to not get along. And why can we not imagine that when you, I don't care whether you're immature, you're an infant, babe in Christ, carnal Christian, or whether you have maturity, that you will say yes, Lord, at whatever level you are, and that yes, Lord, will cause you to walk in love and forgiveness. Spiritual maturity is not necessary to walk in forgiveness. It is actually an elementary principle because when the master forgave the one guy of all his debt, that one action was enough that when he went out and found his fellow slave that owed him money, that one action of I forgave you an insurmountable debt that you never could have paid and yet you couldn't forgive your own, that's elementary That is not spiritual maturity. That is acknowledging all that God forgave you. How in the world will I not forgive them? That is so simple. That is so simple. Because you know what happened when he did. And we don't like to preach that. Because people have the, uh, this belief, you know, that, you know, once God forgives your sin, you're done. Well, guess what? If you don't reciprocate the, the action and behavior of what he brought you into, that's problematic. Yes. And that guy went to prison. Yes. And was tortured. Say amen anyway. <laughs> okay. He left the house debt free. And in less than 24 hours, he was in prison. All right. Let's move on to happier things. <laughs> so in Ephesians, he's saying this thing that's accomplishing in you is the power working within you. And the power working within you is that God has said something to you. It's called faith. And you are beginning to imagine what God has placed in your heart. And as a result of that, you're going to see it come to pass. Period. Look what it says in Hebrews 11, 1. It says this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. Right? Now, before I dissect this down a little bit more, remember 2 Corinthians 4, 18. We quote this quite often here. 
And that is Paul saying, while we look not at the things that are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things that are not seen are what? They're eternal. I said they're eternal. Second Corinthians 4.18, they are eternal. So what we see here is that we should be more comfortable imagining. And I realized, you know, again, just recently, I'm like, well, no wonder God picked me. Because I'll imagine. I'm not ashamed to imagine. It's empowering, actually. I'm a person who's willing to think beyond myself. And believe it could happen. I have, I've, I've, my whole life has been this being able to believe something outside of what I saw, period. And we should be this way. And that, listen, you can't let what happens in this world from the enemy to take your imagination away. Can't do it. And 2024 will be one of your greatest years ever because again, when trials and tribulations come, listen, the, the reason why Anchor Faith Church owns a mall in St. Augustine is because we could imagine it. And I never came off. And I never gave you a reason to doubt we couldn't. Even though there were all kind of things happening behind the scenes that could bring a lot of doubt if I had spoken about it. Hallelujah. So at the end of the day, I just imagine. And I can see myself and can see it and can see it and can see it. And I'm imagining other pieces of property now. I'm imagining myself being on the property. I'm imagining what it looks like, how it's going to be different once I acquire it. Because of the purpose and the plan and what God has. And again, I get uh, things come towards us that I can say, I could imagine that. Now at the end of the day, Am I naturally capable? No. Are we organizationally structured? Probably not. But that won't stop me from dreaming. Because again, whatever piece needs to get in place can get in place. I don't have to see it in the natural before I can say, okay, now we can do this. We should never allow ourselves to be in that position. And some of us have become complacent with what we've accomplished in one layer of faith, but won't dare to dream <coughs> for something more to expand your influence. Because the reality is faith is a fight. I know when it came to purchasing them all, I knew, I, I played it over in my head. I'm like, okay, I realize what this means. I mean, we have won so many faith battles we are living in this realm of we have what we say and God is good and things are awesome. But if I go after that, I already see the conflict associated with it because I'm not ignorant of the devil's devices. I understand the sacrifice. I did not know it would take five years. Right? But at the end of the day, it is what it is. And we go for it. But I had to say, you know what? I'm willing to continue to dream. I mean, we should be the most aggressive people on the planet to be able to pull things towards us. Because most of us think how the enemy has put things in front of our face. We think we can't, we, we can't beat the government we can't overcome, you know, what's going on, you know, in, in law enforcement. We can't overcome what's going on in entertainment. We can't. We just think it's too big. I can imagine something different. Now, at the end of the day, I can imagine that all of this is going to go to the wayside because my king's coming back and he's going to do that anyway. But I why would we stop an effort? It seems like that we, we, if we don't watch out, we're like, well, we know the world's going to go bad. So we basically quit imagining and we really just want Jesus to come back and we have no 
uh, imagination to continue to be way more effective. Like, let's go ahead and take what the devil stole. I mean, let's keep taking from him because the gates of hell can't prevail against us. That doesn't stop just because the world goes crazy. It doesn't stop just because people are blatantly do not want Jesus when you witness to them. It doesn't stop that we still should be able to do because people need to see that, my gosh, everything you touch, it's not without opposition, but you win. You overcome. We have to get back to imagining. Uh, God's word translation of Hebrews 11 one says it this way. Faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. I believe in the, the ne these next 18 days, as we're in prayer and fasting, there's going to come an amass. God's going to give you something to imagine. <clears throat> and, and listen, I'm not asking, I'm not trying to think that it's got to be like, you know, okay, we're going to, you know, take over the planet. I'm not saying that. I'm saying for some of you, it could be that God just says, listen, I'm going to bless you so much that you'll be able to give money away at all time. And that may be a stretch for your imagination. Some, it could be some relationship, right? And it's like, you know, we, we can do something here. And next thing you know, it could be that. I mean, it could be multiple things. It could be a young person <coughs> that God begins to say, I'm going to utilize you in this capacity in your school. And you got to be able to imagine yourself there. Whatever. It could be some of you in business to expand, whatever the case may be. It could be God just wants to put you on a board somewhere so that you can be more influ influential. I mean, again, we do have someone on a county board now. Praise God. But I do not have a county commissioner yet. We need to imagine. Well, how could I win an election? Just see if God wants you to run. Because if he does, how can you lose? Now, that doesn't mean you may get in the first time, because again, I'm going to give you know, a, a, a context, a particular individual who's no longer, they're not even in the earth today. But someone spoke to them about a promotion, and they didn't get the first time. And they got sideways with God. But just because God's telling you something, you may have a conflict right out the gate, but that doesn't mean it doesn't change. I, my, Pastor Mike and Angie, you know, uh, Abigail will be 16, coming up here soon, and, um, you know, they had a miscarriage, okay, and so, you know, I got a word that they would have a child this time next year. She got pregnant immediately and ended up losing the child. Like quick. Well, that's not what the word of the Lord said. She obviously went back, listened to the Lord. There were things they wanted to do to her medically. She went with God and said, I'm not going to do that. She stood on that word. She got pregnant again. Abigail's here 16 years later. Right. My point is, is that she could have taken this thought because, again, there were some things that the Lord was talking to her about that she needed to make some adjustments, you know, in the realm of holding the child in the womb. And as a result of that, we press on. But she could imagine that it will be this way and I won't be this way. Are you hearing me? So, again, God could say something and you could run and not get it. Don't think you miss God. Keep going. Keep pressing. Imagine that you can do something. Are you hearing me? You know, when Bishop Garraway gave that word back at the beginning of the year concerning, you know, that, that he said, I see you in the corridors of power and that they're speaking your name in the governor's mansion. That word has come to pass. I just got a text from Anila while she's traveling over to Tanzania and she was talking to, cause we're going up to Tallahassee at the end of this month. And this group of people that are again connected with the faith base, they want us to get around the legislators. And that individual says, we are telling everybody all over the state about your church. So yes, we want your pastor to develop relationship with the legislator. In fact, we want him on a particular board. And this is the first step. Well, I can imagine 
Because you know what? The Bible shows us that people that were in power as far as the government had someone that they could speak to to hear how God would want them to handle that. And you know, we got enough nutcases around here following Jesus and ain't following him right. You know what? Let's get somebody that actually will follow God, stay with the word, not compromise. I mean, I think God wants some, those individually get connected to those that are in certain positions. Why not us? I said, why not us? I mean, what would it look like if Governor Ron DeSantis called and said, Pastor Earl, listen, we got this situation. I want to, what, will you pray about it? Tell me what you think the Lord's saying concerning it. And I come to you and say, this is what we're asking. Pray, let's get in prayer together. Because we are the answer to the world's problems, right? So we're convinced of things we don't even see. Because God's word is truth. The Amplified Classic of Hebrew 11 one says it this way. Now, faith is the substance to confirmation of the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed by to the senses. So at the end of the day, I don't have to see it. You know, I'm not surprised that the Lord has me launching out January 4th because just to let you know, on Sunday, January 7th, we will not be in this sanctuary. So don't come here. Good. You're going to come to the church like you normally do, and then we're going to take you into JCPenney. We're having service in JCPenney Sunday. We're going to have service in there. And these chairs aren't going. <clears throat> right? We're going to do crisscross apple salt. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have chairs in there for you. You might want to come early because not all of them are padded. Just to let you know. I'm not here to make you comfortable. I'm here to guess vision. Are you hearing me? So we're going to be in JCPenney and everybody's going to direct you there, all right? But even do prayer in there. We're not coming in here. Now I'm just going to let you know, air conditioning heater does not work in JCPenney. Thank you. It should be all right. I mean, considering it's pretty cool anyway, and it's 53,000 square feet, so I don't think, you know, even if everybody shows up, we're going to create so much body heat that we're going to be sweating to death. But if you do get tired, bring a fan, a hot, bring a fan. And most of you won't be complaining about how cold it is, so you can say amen to that. All right. But we'll have to buy climate control at some point. We may do multiple services this year over there. All right. But I need you to go in the space and see it because this is too comfortable seating. I mean, if you, all you do is a, can imagine coming here, then you'll never imagine going over there. You'll never imagine it. And again, I don't need it to be pretty because people who have an imagination already see it beyond the state it's in. And let me just tell you this, you're, you need to be thanking God that I can see beyond current states because looking at some of y'all, y'all in a mess right now, but I see you in Christ somewhere different. <laughs> know that. So don't come to me with your problem thinking, oh, all I see is your problem. I only see you in Christ a victor, a champion, only thriving and doing your fit and purpose. So any bumps along the road, that's easy. We'll pick you up and drive on because I only see you as a champion. Now, if you, you want to lay down, that's on you. But, but when I stand before her, I said, I saw him as a heavyweight champion the whole time, and I kept trying to call that out. Are you hearing me? Because I can imagine you being a, chain, a person that changes the world. Why is that? Because Hebrews 13, 20 and 21 says this. Now, the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep. Who's that? Jesus, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord. Look at verse 21. Equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is what? pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom the glory to whom be the glory forever and ever amen notice here in verse 21 that he is equipping you for every good thing to do his will so Christ the reason Christ died and rose from the dead was not just to forgive you of your sins so when you die you go to heaven is so that you can be forgiven and be made 
in the likeness of God again, have your rulership again, go back to the dominion that God originally gave man, and then he said, now I want you to imagine all we're going to do together. So working in us that which is pleasing. Now, this word pleasing is important because Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So anything that's pleasing in his sight, remember what he said about Jesus? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And he says that because previous, just before Jesus gets done, he says, John permitted it this time so that all righteousness can be fulfilled. In essence, I have to do what the word has said about me. It's my purpose. It's what God's commanded me to do. I'm going to be obedient it to the crossing of the T and the dotting of the I. I'm going to fulfill it all. And God said, I'm pleased because this, my son, is operating in faith. And that's what he wants us. He's equipping us so that we can do his will. That way he'll be pleased with us. He wants us to imagine. He wants us to imagine. The crazy thing about imagination (laughs) is there's things that pop up that I didn't imagine. I imagine what God said I'd do, but I'd never imagined it would, this would show up. But it doesn't matter because that is subject to this, what I've heard from the Lord, period. It's subject to it because what God has said, he'll bring it to pass. And not only will he be able to do it, he'll do it far more abundantly beyond what we could think or ask. Got a call today from a third-year Ramah student that's going to be graduating, and they uh, want to talk with me because they believe God is sending them to us. Well, praise the Lord. We have things to do. I know what's been trained, so I have expectation. Are you hearing me? And I don't think this would be uncommon. Why is that? Because we are confessing that God is adding adults to us that are submitted and committed to division. And they're going to come from all over the place, all over the world, to do the work. Can you imagine that we could fill up J.C. Penney and we're like, could you imagine? Can I get crazy with you? Could you imagine that we would leave this 25 and a half acres, have to buy 200 acres somewhere else, keep this as a mall to continue to funnel us, and build a whole other campus. Could you imagine that? I could imagine that. I could imagine it. Yeah, I could imagine where the University of St. Augustine left, we take. I could imagine that. I mean, there's no piece of property I can't imagine. I just need a yes. So I drive around. I look. I'm like, I'm listening. No place is... Out of my price range. Because I have the currency of the kingdom. And man, it's not out of my price range. Interest rates mean nothing to me. Based upon what God wants us to do. Oh, my, my, my. And here's the thing. I believe Jesus is coming back quick. Which means then I got to believe this can happen in an extremely fast time frame. Amen. Not decades. All right. Not decades. It's got to come to pass. I mean, we have been asked to get on the CRA board in West Augustine to help develop that area. I can imagine. And I know what I imagine will have opposition. But all I got to do is do what he tells me to do, and it will transform. And I will pull the $2 billion that is on the east side of US-1 over to the west side. But I'm telling you right now, as a whole, the community is not ready for $2 billion. Because mentalities have to change. 
Are you hearing me? And it starts with simple stuff. Okay. I can imagine. Hallelujah. I walk through the Tennessee Aquarium, and I'm like, they're running this thing by grants. I mean, I dropped some money to go into the thing, but at the end of the day, there's grant money here. I looked at my daughter-in-law, Brittany, I said, there's grant money here. We need, we, I mean, they, they probably get grant money for these turtles. I'm going to start a petting zoo in the middle of the mall and get grant money for it. Right? I can imagine. I can imagine getting it from everywhere. Right? Because, I mean, if you're paying taxes and they're giving away in grants, might as well come to us. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. I can imagine. I can imagine having a place. We already have put it together where we can have a transitional home for the homeless, especially those that are a part of the VA process or veterans. I can already imagine. Told the county, to every county commissioner, every one of them to their face, I said, we have the personnel and the capacity to do it today. You need to give us property. You're telling the county to give you land? Well, everybody else is. Did they give it to me? No. Today. <laughs> but praise the Lord. Look at Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship. You, you, you're not going to have this unless you can imagine. Now, again, it's not your personal imagination you're trying to get God to bless. I'm not saying that. I, what I'm saying is I'm keeping it in the context. When we imagine we're, we're, we're in a place that's not real or to our senses real, but we've made it real in our minds. And when God's word penetrates our heart and we let it transform our minds, then it becomes a part of our mind's eye and we imagine that that word is reality. And as a result of that, it comes to pass. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would what? Walk in them. Now, nobody goes to verse 10. Everybody only stays at verse 9, that we're saved, not of our own works, that any man should boast, that it's the grace of God through faith, it's the free gift. And everybody stops there. But verse 10 says... You got saved to work. And here's the thing. The things I have for you, I've already prepared for them to walk in. I've already imagined what your whole life is before you ever came out of your mother's womb. I just need you to hook up with my imagination. I'm like, Lord, let me. And you know, you know how we cry out? These are the things we cry out, which is a little frustrating to me because, again, it's so elementary. Oh, Lord, let me see with your eyes and, and, and let me have the compassion you have. And I get it for the law. I understand that. But everybody wants to just know God on how he sees the lost. You know how he sees the lost? Finished. He sees the lost without excuse. It's done. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be compassionate. You don't go around to the law and say, bro, you're going to hell, man. Sorry for you. I'm not saying you're callous. But I'm saying all we want to learn about God is how he sees the loss. And God's like, why don't you learn to see how I see creation? Because before man became lost, God wasn't thinking about the lost. He had a plan to save the lost, I know, because the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. My point is, is that God always saw the existence of just believing and creating. Nobody wants to dare, God, let me dream like you. Think about it. There was a time in eternity that God had a thought when he was all by himself, Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. And it was well thought out because before he ever spoke, he already saw 
the end from the beginning. But the minute he began to speak, he was able to imagine every star, every planet, DNA strands, and the multiplicity of how it would make a person look and how much hair would be produced on the individual. I mean, this is like, right? And we're just asking God to give us his eyes to see the lost. Lord, give me your eyes to see, to imagine like you imagine. Because if I begin to flow like that with the Lord, I'm telling you, it'll get the lost attention. Because they're going to, they'll determine real quick, you are not of this world. You do not act like us. What is going on with you? I'm glad you asked. Are you hearing me? So he's created this work for us beforehand that we walk in and we just only have to imagine. You know, I know there's a Christian song out there. I don't want to pick it apart. I can only imagine. I mean, I don't have to actually imagine what it'd be like because the Bible tells me what it'd be like and it tell me exactly what I'd be doing. So if the guy would have read the Bible, he wouldn't have had to imagine actually. And people wouldn't be crying over the song about what it would be like when they get in front of him because if they read the word, they know what it would be like. But we need to go and be imagining more than heaven. Let's imagine what we can do now. Are you hearing me? <laughs> okay, Lord. If you are a business owner, stand up. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. This is the Passion Translation. Look at this. For us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. When we are able to run, then we are able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. In essence, he's the author and finisher of our faith. The author and finisher of our faith. Are you hearing me? And so, there are many that have gone before. The only thing that stops you from accomplishing or imagining again, number one, you got to get rid, got to deal with your wound. All of us have wounds. All of us. Somebody has said something, both a, a believer who was carnal and fleshly and acted in the flesh instead of in the spirit, we've all had been wounded by them. We've all been wounded by the world, every one of us. But are you going to hold the wound? Are you going to let it continue to fester? Or will you heal it through forgiveness so they're no longer your puppet master? Number two. If there's something that you repeatedly see yourself and you know it's not God's will, yet you're doing it. When I say that, again, don't see sin as Ten Commandments, you know, well, I don't steal, well, I don't commit murder. Listen, the Bible says if you know what to do and you don't do it to him, it's sin. So it's, it could be a general sense that you know you're not and you're doing it, and at the end of the day, that's sin. And you easily fall in, you got to eliminate those then you're going to be able to run. I said, you're going to be able to run. And I heard in my spirit when I had you stand up, the Lord says, command them to dream again. Not a suggestion. The Lord said, command them to dream again. Command them. See, some of you are thinking, if you don't watch out, you'll think so. So you're like, well, you know, I'm just self-employed. You know, I kind of do. Can you imagine taking it 
and handing it over to a manager and handing it over to where you actually can step back literally as the business owner. You don't have to be there all the time and go ahead and instead of, you know, well, I'm just doing this, you know, well, you know what? I could get back in the game and I could develop this thing so that it goes beyond my lifetime should the Lord tarry and you go that your company name goes on. Why does it have to die with you? I mean, you could be that person. Now, again, I don't know whether you're international or not. I'm not asking. I don't know that. God may know that. Some of you are traveling in those directions even now. And what's crazy is, is listen, if God has birth and his will for you is to be this absolutely strong local business, thrive, you're doing what God's asked. Nobody can do better even if they become a global company. You only are to do what you're assigned, what he's marked out for you before, um, beforehand to walk in. But are you doing it with everything? Are you imagining how it could go more? Or does the number scare you? Do the taxes scare you? Do the personnel that you're going to have to hire scare you? Do you scare yourself because you know you're going to have to change in order to handle? Because some of you can't even imagine you could handle that many. Because you get frustrated when it gets that big. But the reality is you can change because you have the reigning spirit on the inside of you. You do. And I heard the Lord say in my spirit, command them to dream. Command them to dream. And write down crazy thoughts. Matt, write down crazy thoughts. I mean, just crazy stuff. Stephen, crazy things. Ernie, crazy. Seth, crazy stuff. Elliot, just the most obscene idea. If it pops in, write it down. Because then you can vet it to determine is it God or something else because you know God's voice. Chris, think of something crazy, Chris. Just crazy. Now, it may be a process. I get it. (coughs) I came here and the only thing I ever got from the Lord is don't buy five acres. That's what I got right out. Don't buy five acres because what you are and what you're going to do, you're not going to be able to do on five acres. Don't do it. So that's why it took so long because we're looking for land. Now, I actually am hearing, I'm listening to God about some land I tied up once. Determined maybe I shouldn't have let go of it because it may have never been for the church, but it may be. If you want to know what that property is, is where the Tringali barn is. That's 51 acres that we got in contract with. And they built a pond with a trucking company, but then they encroached on wetlands, and then they end up having to mitigate and tie it up. And I would have only had eight acres, and it wasn't even connected, although I could have filled in the pond. That was 15 acres, which would have put us back to 23, but that takes time. At the end of the day, I went away from it. And I do have some people in a town right now that are saying, well, you know, they were believing God for that and didn't do it. So I'm like, Lord, did I miss it? Should I just stayed with it? It wasn't for the church. So I'm asking. Because if he wants me to have it, I'm going to take it. Are you hearing me? Because I could do something with that barn. Amen. Are you hearing me? Some other ideas now. My point is, is dream. Imagine. Write it down. Crazy stuff. But you've, that kind of stuff takes you out of your comfort. The Lord commands you to imagine, which I believe in the next 18 days, you're going to hear some stuff. Write it down. Write it down. And then at that point, let the Holy Ghost prioritize it. 
Hallelujah. You can be seated. I am a pastor, but I'm also an apostle. And because I'm an apostle, I actually own businesses that are connected with the church. You know what? My son came to me in our creative team and had a crazy idea. And said, so why don't we start a nonprofit? They used to have one as an LLC, but let's make it nonprofit called Citizen Studios. We already knew we wanted to do this with the mall because, again, the way we look, we want to have control of the design. Because I'm not going to have people writing with a big magic marker on the side of their building or their storefront and say, open, and these are our hours. We tear that stuff down. Okay? We want a presentation. All right? With that being said, he says, you know, based upon our workload, we have people coming to, and talking to us about our design. And so we have contracts with other companies right now that are paying us monthly to create content for them that takes our guys about two hours a week. So for eight hours with one company, I get $1,000. What do we do with that money? We move it right into the creative area. And because those guys are working, a percentage of it, the majority of it, goes for the ministry. The other percentage, I give them bonuses. Because they created an economy. When my creative team goes on a trip with us to document for you, they also begin to do other things. It's because we began to imagine. When we went to Poland, Chase took pictures of Poland. Came back, sold the drone footage and the pictures for over $3,000. Yeah. And what? Did, what? What? Because he, they're feeding the church and the church is feeding them. Creative. Very creative. It's amazing. There's another little venture I'm fixing to jump into, but I've been talking about doing this for years. Things that we would have so I can have it on the fly. And again, people can say, well, how can you do that? How does it take away from your passion? Don't take away. I don't actually do it. I empower those to do it. And as a result, we reap the benefit and we expand our base. Are you hearing me? There's one particular thing that came through, a particular musical artist contacted us through Citizen Studio and may want us to do a music video for them at the sound of ten to $15,000. Amen. How do you do? You imagine. Now, let me say this. Are we going to build this ministry where you don't ever have to tithe and give an offering again? Well, if you want to go broke, then sure. I'm not telling you additional income so that you can say, oh, great. Pastor's getting all kind of money. We can hold ours. I mean, this is a biblical principle of giving. And that's between you and God at the end of the day. I mean, you really want to get out there and do something amazing? Let me just say to you as a business, you need to be giving. On your business. And some of you have done it. Some of you got involved with what Bishop said, and man, you have come through. We'll talk about that next week, what's come in. Because what took us five years to get them all, we have more in a year. Did you hear what I said? What took the church five years based upon what people would sow and was making and came into their possession took us five years to do $250,000. More came in in a year to be able to pay them all off. Which means you prospered because of your other giving. There's increase that has taken place. Whew. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God wants us to imagine. Now, I did business tonight. I just did what I had unction by the Spirit. At the end of the day, all of us need to imagine. Need to be asking God these next 18 days, Lord, what's my purpose here? What's my connection here? How do you want me to, you know, continue to thrive within the vision here? But also, what, how do you want to use me? Because some of you are thinking retirement, and you shouldn't. Right? We got a lot of books to write, don't we? Yeah. He initially imagined that I would write the great American novel, right? And then he came here. And then the Lord says, nah, what I meant for you having a, a book that would go all over the world got connected here, and it is doing that. And I received a copy of The Forest in Greek last week. And in Vietnamese. Hallelujah. We're hitting the nations. Because his word is the most important word anyway. Not a fictional novel. <laughs> Not that he still couldn't write one. All right? Are you hearing me? I got a, some little kid books that I would do under a pseudo name. But I won't talk to you all about that. <laughs> stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. But everybody standing, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm telling you, God-planted ideas are amazing. I am living proof. I wish I could load you all up on multiple charter buses, maybe even actually a plane from St. Augustine, and we fly into Gainesville, and then we take a little trip out to a town called Archer, where there's one light. Because Archer decided it was not going to grow. And I could take you past my house. And you would say, can anything good come out of Archer? I'm telling you. But man, what God has done through a kid who was raised in Archer, Florida. Whew. Because I can imagine... I can imagine. I can imagine that I can ignite the city, impact the nation, and influence the world and be great at all three. I can imagine that when I'm influencing the world that you are thriving igniting the city when I'm not here. I can imagine that when you're out in the nation doing something and I'm here locally, we're thriving together. I can imagine. Because I can imagine that this prophecy will come to pass for us. In 2014, Prophet John Todd said this. He has meditated for some time that it is yet to be seen what can be done through a man who gave himself wholly to the Lord. The Holy Spirit said it is yet to be seen what could be done through a whole church that gave themselves wholly to the Lord. I believe Anchor Faith Church is that church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then he said, I bind up strife and division. He went on to say, God is building his church and Anchor Faith Church is part of his church. This is not something that man has orchestrated, but the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have orchestrated this. God gave vision to Pastor Earl, gave vision to Pastor Marcy, and you all have come and hooked up with that vision. Anchor Faith Church is going to do that. Anchor Faith Church is not a local organization. It's not a state organization. It's not just a national organization. It is an international organization. Man, I believe that. I can imagine of what it looks like for a whole church to wholly give themselves to the Lord. I can see it. I see the fire of God over every one of your heads right now. I see the anointing in your lives. I see the power of God 
wanting to flow through you. I see us all in unison, all in unity, all walking in. I see it. And we create such a culture of it that everyone that gets added loves to be here because of the love and the environment of God. And they quickly shed off their carnality. They quickly repent. They quickly change their thinking. I can imagine it. And I see you in it. So this year, as we get into some really significant stuff, can you maintain the imagination that together we're stronger and don't let anything pull you from this vision. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. 